feeling good. Feeling good, Caleb. Let's do it. Uh, doing a little sweat equity podcast with guest Ben Schmid, uh, operator uh, and founder of Partially. That's partial.ly on your domain. Uh, we're going to have a couple beers, midday beers, get into it, talk a little business, how I got started, and I've known him for 20 years. So, yeah. So, Ben, let's let's get your voice on the mic so they know who you are. Get up to the mic. You can say something. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're also a musician, so this is weird that you almost looked like you're scared of the microphone. <laughs> like, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, before we get into talking to you about uh, partially, uh, you got a plug, Caleb, for anybody? Off the top of your head, nothing. Uh, I got nothing. Off God, top of my you're really head. good Not at producing the show. Yeah, no, you're, it's going. It's good. going pretty well. Yeah, I, I, you did a really good job setting just, it up. Just oh, a little, wait, wait, I set it up. A, okay, a little behind-the-scenes look for everybody. <laughs> we went from literally having a normal conversation 20 seconds ago yeah. to Law just starting the music and us getting rolling. So I didn't really have a lot of time to, to check my button. notes. My notes are in the other room. Oh, so. you're, the, the notes to prepare? That could have started yeah, a day before notes. when the I was like, hey, Ben's going to come in. They're We're in the other room. They're in the other room. But call me. Call me the producer Nazi if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll give a shout out. The plug is the guest. Uh, That's right. We'll make the plug partially, which is a, a, a payment plan uh, for businesses that need some way to uh, build customers. Uh, I'm not doing your sales pitch correctly, but if you want to explain it, why don't you uh, you give your elevator pitch on it? Yeah. So basically, it's called partially. Why don't, it's, you, why don't you move up a little bit? Yeah. It's. A simple software platform to help businesses sell their products and services with payment plans, custom payment plan terms. So you can either sell with a shopping cart on a website or collect money that's owed to you with an invoice. And both methods allow you to automatically apply apply payment plan terms to an amount that's owed to you. It's, it's can we, riveting. Look, I know, it's so I know no, you can spice that up a little bit. It is, it is, uh, it's a cool way to, if you're a company... You're a small, medium business. Uh, we were talking about this right before we started. Right before the music came right on. Right before the music came on. Yep. Uh, where if you don't have a, a accredited agency, um, where you're not one of the big players. Like right. uh, we we're talking about uh, Apple has Barclays. They don't Best Buy has their own internal. They have City. They don't yeah, they don't need that stuff. But uh, for for a law firm, for a doctor's office, for uh, uh, a any website. And really any business that wants to be able to offer flexible payment options to their customers or they have a hard time collecting money from people that owe them. Yeah, because uh, look, I'm, and we're going to use you when we have hiring clients that it's a pain in the dick to get payments from mm -hmm. because that wastes so much goddamn time. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, I kind of think of it now as a short-term memory thing. You know, we're like, um, you know where you get bogged down with these little administrative things. Mm -hmm. And it's not hard to do. It's not hard for me to go invoice someone. No. Uh, via our QuickBooks or whatever, but I have to use my short-term memory to think about that. And if I have to do that five times in a month for someone who hasn't paid, that doesn't free me up to get creative on where we can grow or of like, course, yeah. or just have free form thoughts, not be pissed about, hey, this fucking client hasn't paid us yet. Yeah, and I, I know one of my first thoughts when um, you know Ben, you're explaining the you know the product and the company is uh, how how many transactions 
don't happen because of fear of cost. Um, because, you know, uh, they just a, can't a, afford it. Exactly. Potential client just says, man, right now I just, I, I cannot, I can't afford to buy this and it's just, it can't happen. I'm going to have to wait. Well, no longer do they have to wait. They just, every month when it rolls around or wherever the money comes in that, you know, you can explain a little bit more about how the, how the actual transactions take place on the, you know, the, the client end. Right. Um, but you know, you're eliminating that that gap there for, for business owners. That I mean, I think that's a that's a really big gap to an important gap to eliminate. Absolutely. I don't know if it can be properly quantified how many sales are lost from people that can't afford a product right there at the point of sale. Right. I'm it's it's well, probably just very large. Think about it in, in, in your own life. I mean, in a in a basic scenario, absolutely. go you know, going Going to a certain place, looking at a certain product, or f- even for your business, you know, being like, "Man, I'd love to hire this company to do this, mm-hmm. but uh, we can't afford. It. There's no, right. I can't take, you know, I can't take two grand out of our out of our budget. But if you were able to break that up over time, you could. Well, it's also so. cash flow too. It's yeah. like, um, you know, I we t- in order for us to grow, we don't want to take a loan out, uh, and for order us to grow, like a situation where we're using y'all. Um, we have companies that are like, we need to get to the next level. We need a new web design. We need some new branding. But they're like, we can't shell out 30 grand right now. Right. Yeah. And we'll go, cool. Well, why don't we use partially? You can pay us. We'll spread it across 12 months. It'll be evenly done. We'll get the work done in three months. But you're going to keep paying us throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to worry about it. Because mm-hmm. the worst thing when you're doing account management is – double going back and being like hey, what's your accounts receivable how come it's so late yeah. and then you gotta fucking track these guys down and it's insane it's, and and nobody it's wants to deal with that either it's not an easy subject to handle with your with your clients that yeah. owe you money I mean nobody wants to receive the call hey you owe me money well, you know? right and, but but when you uh, when and I'm just using our <laughs> stuff isn't technically like tangible you don't get the product it's not like Service. we're making tables right and you're doing that and you get a table and then we go okay you don't give us the table. Like we have to do this weird dance where it's like, all right, you owe us the last payment. Then we'll switch the domain over and then we'll give you all the information, the logins back. It's like one, two, three switch. And yeah. And they're like, well, hold on a minute. (laughs) Uh, We, we had some other changes and I was like, that's a work order change. You had a contract. You can't fucking do that. So, yeah. Uh, I think it's better though with, with a furniture shop or something like that. Like I just bought a house and you whatever you bought it for whatever you got the loan for you don't think about the excess like 10 to 15 grand you're gonna have to spend just so expensive you just bought a house too and so it's just like you forget like there's an extra like 10 grand that just comes out of nowhere it's like Mm. all right i need a thousand to fix a hot water heater that these guys didn't do and you know a bunch of stuff like we had to redo our utility room and it'd be great to have like hey it'd be It'd be cool not to be like, all right, we'll dip into our savings to pay for some of this, (laughs) that kind of thing. (laughs) And that's more of the, your client with their customer kind of stuff. I I mean, you, when did this, when did this start? How did it come about? Well, it started about three months ago. It came about just tossing around a lot of different ideas for. um, And this is New Year's Eve. We're talking, we're recording this. So we put it out, we'll put it out the next Tuesday. Cool. So it'll be 2016. Sometimes we bank episodes. So this will be on the 5th, I think. But if this will be on the 5th. If people listen to this later, because we're getting a lot of people telling me, yep. hey, I listened to one. I'm gonna go, I've been going back and listening to the, the earlier one. So yeah. for those that are backtracking, maybe it's May when they're listening to this. So um, Yeah, it was, it was probably around September 
yeah. I'd say. I don't remember the exact date, but we started tossing around a few different ideas for variations on uh, a subscription software product. We've been doing a couple subscription software products in the past with our other company, Store Startup, and uh, just trying to figure out a way to provide some value to people with, with recurring and flexible billing. And we is you and your brother. My brother and I, yes. We You're, own the company together. Andrew Schmidt and uh, Benjamin Schmidt. I'm Ben, by the way. Yeah, I brought uh, you in. I brought <laughs> you in. I, I've been doing this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying your brother, you guys work together. Your brother's about two years older. Mm-hmm. I remember because I remember he stole my Dog Pound CD <laughs> in sixth grade. Uh, and he used to whip us with a snake, with a rubber snake, and beat the shit out of us. I remember that. Uh, totally different guy now. He's like the most calm like introverted doesn't do it like wouldn't hurt a fly he, he got his anger out early i, think. I no get, more snake yeah. i get i don't know when that turned but uh, <laughs> he became a programmer and i always say programmers they're they're the they're the queen piece on the chessboard they're they're the most expensive if you hire them full-time yeah. uh and they're really hard to come by plus one programmer doesn't mean he can do every right. kind of programming of there's you know seven different style uh, kinds of programming depending on what they're doing but he's from all i know he's very very good at what he does no he's fantastic he's amazing um andrew specializes in specializes in web-based programming languages um of course soft partially is a web-based software product uh, there's nothing to download or anything you just log on to your uh your merchant we call it the merchant portal um so it's a hosted solution nice works on all devices and everything what are like who who are some of your you know maybe your current clients right now what what give us an example of someone who might be listening out there and they're saying man this sounds pretty cool i don't know if this really pertains to my business i don't know how i could utilize this what are some of the businesses like that are using you guys right now maybe some examples we have a variety of different businesses using it all different types of business really but um if you, we have a really powerful integration with Shopify, so we've mm-hmm. found a lot of traction with Shopify users. Oh, so, yeah. really, if you have a, a website on Shopify, we can uh, you can integrate our app, and mm-hmm. we can automatically apply payment plan terms to the sale of a of a product on your site. So you know you're 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 able to automatically sell payment plans, custom payment plans at that That's without nice, ever yeah. having to talking to your customer. But, um. We were talking about this before the before the show. We found a lot of travel companies um, selling like travel packages, mm-hmm. um, getaways type things. They're they're finding a lot of value with partially um, continuing education companies. Um, yeah, we have a few different medical education companies that are doing really well with it so far, and seems like their customers are really thankful that they can now. S- uh, pay these rather large education fees for course enrollment with a payment plan rather than that's know. gotta be huge because all I hear now is people bitching about going to college it costs a hundred grand mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the federal government wants you to be in that loan mm-hmm. so you're trapped in this cycle exactly. well what's the point of, of continuing education to presumably be able to increase your income earning potential or yeah or you have to or it's mandated like if you work uh, right. in a, uh, if you're a CPA or a CFP uh, or you're an attorney, you all you have to do continue education. But maybe mm-hmm. you're younger, uh, or maybe you just started your own shop and you want to be cash heavy. You don't want to have to deal with, all right, well I got to pay this three grand up front, or mm-hmm. you could just put it across the board. So yeah. I th- I think it's awesome, and I think uh, I think our friends are a little bit of haters on it uh, because they're like. Will this exist in some capacity? And I was like, you know, even if it does, it doesn't mean it's not a 
good uh, – it doesn't mean they won't excel because there's plenty of products that are out there that people don't know about. Right. But uh, if you're making it simplified than any other system – because some banks will offer this, some of your uh, merchant yeah. banks will offer this, but they make it too confusing. Absolutely. Like, uh, what's the big one? It's not, um, it's not Stripe and it's not uh, PayPal. It's the, it's like not Merchant.com. Authorized.net. Authorized.net. They're fucking, the back end of well, that is horrendous. Right. Uh, but that's a different thing, right? That's so a different that's, thing. So that's that the merchant center. Right. That that's like a payment processor. They're like yeah. what Stripe is. In relation to partially so they actually process the payments um, partially is a solution built on top of stripe so we work in conjunction with stripe they actually process the transactions um, they actually store the credit cards and everything they're, mm -hmm. they're the most secure credit card processing company in the world yep. but um, back to what you're saying about authorized.net yeah there there are a variety of merchant processing companies that will allow you to to bill your customers log in and bill your customers whenever you want if you've collected their credit card information once. But it just goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. You have to ma manually remember to do that, set them up on their own manual payment schedule. And if you have different terms with different clients or multiple payment plans open at once, I mean, it can be a nightmare to maintain mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, not to mention, you still will have to call the customer and get their authorization. So yeah. partially is all timed and automated. All the payments. I thought I thought you had some. No. Uh, no. Well, I I mean, fuck. I lose my mind. I hate accounting. I hate doing it. I, I mean, it's it. it uh, my big thing with starting our company was be very good on the legal side and be very good on the accounting mm -hmm. side. But it, no matter if we're outsourcing it, we had a uh, power M and A attorney, Stephen Fantetti, uh, the our, our new co-host of the legal podcast coming out called Sidebar. There you go. That's a plug for you. We're doing that uh, in January. Cool. And then uh, he's also been on the triple option. But he did our, all our legal work, and he did a great job because he has that experience with the online section. A lot of attorneys don't have that. In uh, accounting is the other part. But I still have to – we have an accountant, but I still have to know what's going on to be able to talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. But I hate the fucking – just the little bitch work of like – emailing someone hey you haven't paid us yet mm -hmm. you know uh, our we were due upon receipt or we had a net 30 and mm -hmm. you know you didn't live up to your side of the bargain um uh, what what happens if someone's like delinquent or something well does it hurt their credit uh as of now no however we're very soon we're releasing what we'll call a premium version that will have a couple additional features one of them will be to work um with credit bureaus and automatically submit delinquent accounts to them and then in that case of course it'll affect their credit um uh, another feature of that the premium version will be to have on-site checkout so right now the, the way it works is a customer actually has to go to another url a partial url to to complete a checkout mm -hmm. so we'll have it so they can have an embeddable widget on their site and wow. complete a checkout on the same url as, that's awesome. as the customer is currently on yeah but the final and i think the most important feature of what our premium version will be, and this will probably be released in about a month or two, um, will be a credit check system. Woo! So it'll give wow. merchants the ability to optionally require a credit check. And if that credit check is passed or denied, they can either... All the black guys just dropped off. Am I right? Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> automatically Hacky comedy. Here come the emails. Yeah. Disapprove the payment Shit. Plan. If I if I know if I can count five black guy friends I have that know what a podcast is, <laughs> like a pod what? Yeah, my buddy JB, 
and then four figurative uh, friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, that's like Burt Kreischer's joke. I'm wearing a shirt right now while we're doing this, but he has a sh- he's my, one of my favorite opening jokes ever. He's like, I was hanging out with my black friend. His name is Imaginary. <laughs> Just, pretty good. just crush like just almost a standing go right there. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, what, so, so yeah, you, you y'all are starting to figure out. Okay, now we need to figure out the penalty part of this, but we also need to figure out the credit part of this. So it becomes tighter. The the tighter it is, the better customer experience for your for your clients. For our merchants, yeah. I mean, obviously, the the most important thing is that merchants are able to get get all the money that they've put out there that yeah. they've extended to people. Um, and of course, having credit checks will increase the likelihood of them getting paid back. But back to what you were saying earlier, if a transaction is declined, we of course immediately send an email reminding them that they're legally bound to the terms that they signed when they originally checked out. And by the way, we produce what's called a customer agreement. Yeah. And wh- whenever a payment plan is initiated, that it spits out the exact payment amounts on the exact dates, and the customer has to click a checkbox and type in a digital signature box. Oh, that's good. To accept the terms. Um, and so we basically send them an email reminding them that they're legally bound to those terms, that we're going to automatically attempt the charge in 48 hours. Um, yeah, no, I like this. Then we continue to attempt the charge every 48 hours. We've had one payment plan go into default so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the customers actually, they just forgot. Their card went sure. went invalid, and they they didn't check it. So they it, actually it, emailed it, me today, and it, they're going to get going again. It happens. Yeah. It happened to it me happens. recently. I was like, oh, shit, my bad. I, I just got a new card. Forgot to change it all over. And all it'll continue stuff. to happen as well. I mean, there, it's it'd be naive to assume that everybody's going to pay back and that people aren't going to try to take advantage of a company's goodwill. But yeah. whatever we can do to maximize paybacks. And, yeah. of course, having credit checks and some of those additional features that we're working on will help with that. So here, here's one thing. I, I really love this idea. The whole, thank you. You know, it, it's it's providing a just a really good value to um, to a a consumer, but also to the companies that are providing these products or services. And I, I just I really think it's something that that's going to stick as well. I know you guys are pretty young, um, but I wanted to backtrack a little bit, and we we touched on it just briefly. But um, I mean, go back to the very early idea stages of of partially, um, where it's maybe you know y- you calling your brother, your brother calling you, or or, or whatever. You're just sitting on a couch looking at each other, saying, "Hey." I, I want to give this thing a go. You're listening um, to a little newfound glory. And <laughs> you're just well, we live across the street from each other, so we were in the right, same so, room. We were so you did. You had the cans with the string. Around. I kind of want to go even further back because I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of what you guys did before you had this idea, mm-hmm. it set you up to be able to do this. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. The whole idea of this podcast is to be like, if someone's 22, and they don't know what they're doing. I kind of always tell, like, we have an intern who's a total goof, uh, and I go, look, man, just do a lot of things right now. It, it's right. not You don't realize it's going to add to a lot, but it will set you up. It's the Ralphie May rule of be prepared to be ready. So, like, when he, w- when he went to the comedy store after being in Houston forever, they were like, hey, uh, can you do 20 minutes? And he had that 20 already yeah. ready to go. I feel like with uh, – and I know you all very well, so – I'll try to give the shorthand version. You can you can elaborate, but y'all went to y'all went to college. Uh, you've been doing work together the, maybe the last four years, maybe six. You went to you went to grad school. Yes. I don't know if Andrew did. He he's has a little bit of master's coursework under his belt, but he he actually didn't complete because he was, you know, already more than educated. 
That's what um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, so educated. Like I already you know. Didn't. I already know all the business. So obviously, don't think no I need, need to show up anymore. Obviously, <laughs> no. I I burned out. I flailed out because I couldn't keep a 3.0 because right. I was doing grad school, uh, working 60 hours a week and doing stand up, and I was single. So it's like trying to get my dick wet too. So it was it was Lovely. tough times. Okay. Yeah. Well, some call, some call me the business poet. Uh, get your dick wet. All right, we'll drop well, it's, that It sounds again. crazy. Um, <laughs> Put that as a key word to tag in this. <laughs> get your dick wet. Get your dick wet. Uh, yeah, it sounds crazy, but I've always been interested in transactions, particularly online transactions. Ever since I, I remember doing business online and first checking out websites on AOL. Oh yeah, dial-up connections and everything. I was I just loved the notion of doing business online, thirteen, particularly in transactions. Florida, you, <laughs> and uh, in, in college, my brother and I were just tossing around business ideas, and um, I came across the name Store Startup when I was domaining. I was I was basically searching for domains that could easily be branded or have a company started on top of it, mm-hmm. and I saw Store Startup. I was just coming up with alliteration companies. Uh, and I really liked it. Thought it was a name. People love alliteration. A, a great name for a company that could help people sell their products and services online. Bought the domain, started the company. Uh, my brother and I started helping people sell their products and services online. But we f- we started with an e-commerce software project product that my brother developed, and that kind of morphed into a subscription product. What um, kind? Well, Did you talk about it, or yeah, is it we like were an NDA thing. No, we, of course we can talk about it. So I don't. It's just it, this was all. Yeah. They've worked on several projects that I'm not sure what I can bring up and what I can't. So I, he'll, I'm he'll give us kinda, he'll give us the look. He'll give us really the look. I'm trying to softball some of this. So you'll get a, like, you'll get a dart in your neck if you bring that. up something you're not supposed to. All the because I ain't fucking editing this shit. Fuck <laughs> that. I don't do that. So all this all the products and all the projects we've worked on were kind of born out of necessity in our relationships with clients. So mm-hmm. one industry that we that we started working in right away was food delivery, localized food delivery. So I remember that. Um, basically, people that want to uh, locally deliver fruit and vegetable baskets or prepared meals or we've got juicing clients, just really any uh, food perishable item that's locally delivered. I'm juicing. And so these customers, these merchants need to be able to bill their customers on a recurring basis, mm-hmm. whether that's weekly, biweekly, or monthly. So we developed a custom software platform that would enable these businesses to uh, custom build their, their customers on, on a flexible basis, on a recurring basis. Um, now, we came up with partially because of the shortcomings of the platform that we were working with. It was very, very hard to get a new client going. It would take a month or two. It wasn't a scalable product. Um, we wanted to build something from the ground up that would be truly software as a service in the sense that you could scale Mm-hmm. as fast as as possible you know we could add one user so or a thousand users a day it doesn't really matter so one hiccup you you guys were seeing in your experience before you started was sometimes the the barrier to entry to get a client could be uh, something's too expensive and that that that's Absolutely. the problem and and you might get drop off you might lose that potential customer mm-hmm. and or uh, or waste a lot of time. Because I'm, I'm going through that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going, how much an hour? And I'm like, right. we're 186.50 an hour. But, right. uh, you know, we'll work with you. If it's if it's a scaled big project, that yeah. price comes down. Yeah. You know, it's, it is negotiable. But uh, they see that, and sometimes it scares them off. Mm-hmm. So 
Well, we charge 150 an hour for for all of our work for store startup, and it does scare people. People, they, I mean, they don't understand that somebody be, could charge that as an hourly rate. But then I always ask them, what was, what did your doctor charge you per hour? What yeah. did your lawyer what, charge I, you that's per I say hour? too. Yeah. I was like, yeah. uh, a lawyer's the, 500 an hour. What, what did the plumber charge you per hour? Oh, fuck. What that. did the, what did all the house service people charge you per hour? And then you just kind of place it in line where it it falls in the professional. Um, they're like realm. I, they're like I got Obamacare. Um, <laughs> I, I got the shittiest attorney so ever. Their math isn't ever going to add up. Yeah. yeah, but they're like you should be about thirty nine seventy five. I don't think you should have any problem charging what you charge because you're worth it. But no, I did market research though, and I'm sure you did as well. I looked at our competitors in the Tampa Bay area, and I go, "All right, Spark is probably Spark uh, mm-hmm. Co. I probably shouldn't give our <laughs> competitors shout outs, but <laughs> I, I do like what they do, and there's yeah, a, yeah. there's enough." In this area, so I'm not worried there's about market share. Around. Oh wait, there's, if there's if anything, there should be 40 of us right. type shops opening up. But um, they charge well over 200 an hour, uh, maybe maybe 400 an hour. But mm-hmm. they built that number up. Uh, when we're young, the experience level isn't as mm-hmm. well. Plus, we haven't gotten our marketing around the way I want it to to do case studies, mm-hmm. which you guys are gonna have to do as well. Absolutely. Which we were talking about off air. Get those reviews. Get those clients that are happy. Mm-hmm. Use that as collateral to sell the product. Hey, look at X, Y, and Z company over here selling fire hoses. Mm-hmm. They sell fire hoses to municipal, you know, play, uh, fire stations. Um, they have a partial plant, partially planned. Look at this testimonial from this real human being, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah. oh, reviews are huge. Yeah, well, there was just a study done. Uh, it was mainly for travel, uh, for I believe it was for hotels. Um, but there was a study done, and I saw this on the Today Show, so I have to take it with a couple grains of salt. But uh, oh, That's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was uh, over half of the reviews you see online for hotels are um, either fake Very or good. from competitors. Um, but about, about even to just less than half are actual real reviews. Yeah. Um, so... I'm Consumers I mean, can sniff them out. You can yeah, and that's the thing. If 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 Am- you've if Amazon you've does that well. Yeah. Well, they'll go. This is a mm-hmm. helpful review. Yes. Look at this, and then the the quality control of people thumb upping mm-hmm. the uh, the actual decent reviews. Right. Geeks it up. Right. Right. So it it, it helps to kind of have that. But in what you guys are doing, that's uh, that's apples to oranges in in this regard. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting stat that yeah that they they kind of spat out. But kind of must get, be nice to watch the Today Show. Huh? <laughs> Oh, I yeah, haven't watched well. that in a while. Been working <laughs> every morning. I haven't either. It's on. It's on at seven, guys. Catch yeah, yeah. the first 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, no, I'm already working. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be nice. Um, so, uh, well, all right. So, I, I kind of want to get back into this, and this is kind of the the first question I asked. I don't, I don't think we fully got got around to it, but what I'm kind of interested in is, to me, this isn't something that I would necessarily think of off the top of my head to start up. Um, and I think the. Somehow the best ideas often elude uh, a, a lot of people. Um, so I just I'm fascinated. You guys thought thought of this, um, but I mean, what was it? Was it your previous work that kind of led you to saying, "Man, these clients that we have already are we can tell there's a need for this," or was it just strictly, "Hey, we you know we want to develop this and 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 kind of you know." We want to develop some sort of software for consumers and for, for business to business, and you just happened to stumble upon this, or how did it come to be this speci- uh, specifically? Well, it's a, c- a combination of things. Number one, we knew we wanted to develop a new product, mm-hmm. um, pr- 
particularly for businesses. Um, <clears throat> number two, it, it, it did have to do with our past experiences with our with our uh, store startup clients with their subscription processing needs. But yeah. mainly it was just our, our own internal market research, just mm -hmm. noticing trends, seeing what's out there. Um, I bought a guitar a few years ago with a payment plan with a company called American Musical Supply. This is a larger company. They have their own internal credit department. But they, do they work? Are they like contracted with guitar centers or no, is it something? No, they're just a very a large smaller. online retailer for a variety of musical instruments. I okay. bought a very nice high-end Martin guitar there and uh, that I would have otherwise not been able to afford <laughs> without a payment plan. Right. I had eight easy payments. Uh -huh. It was It was great. The money was automatically drawn from my account once a month and... You know, we had had the idea before that experience, but that experience solidified um, my, I guess, I thought there was a need out there for it. Mm -hmm. So once I did that, I, I, I knew that there was a, a real need for it. Yeah. Um, we started toying around right, probably right there. Nice. With, buying, with uh, setting it up. Well, um, I mean, you did business 101. So here's the, here's the thing I always talk about with a lot of people too. You realize the need. There's a vulnerability, right? There's something there where you don't have the uh, – that company had that, but not everybody, every small, medium business has access to do it. Well, it was an internal program that they developed. That's right. what I was saying earlier. It's it's not really for larger businesses because they can afford to develop their own internal programs. Exactly. But also the larger businesses that are maybe going from medium to large, however you, you set those, it feels like those are kind of elastic terms. Mm -hmm. But at the same time – they may want to just save money by not having to have a whole right. programming department, which honestly, you're if you're hiring an in-house programmer, at least a, a hundred oh, grand, yeah. at mm -hmm. least. Of course. And if you're trying to do it through India or Cambodia uh, or whatever, you're you just time. wasted a dick load of time. So, I mean, I think people are trying to realize that now uh, where they're like, oh, fuck you, I can get it done in India. It's like, yeah, yeah, who's your project right. manager in India? Yeah. It's like... Oh, John. <laughs> oh, no, we, d we did it through to Fiverr. It's fine. And it's like, no, 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 that's not, not so going to work. Uh, well, companies need to stick to their core competencies. I mean, it's when you start biting off more ooh, than you can chew. Ooh, that's a business school term. Yeah. <laughs> if you st when you start biting off more than you can chew and start trying to increase your, not necessarily your service offerings, but the types of processes that you have to internally manage, it's undoubtedly going to reduce the quality of your work or your service. So. You know, if you want to hire a web developer and a software developer and, and create a new pr uh, department within your company, it's probably going to take time and resources away from your core competencies and the things that you're already doing and providing value for. That's people. what you so call us, Tokabaga Consulting. T O C O W O R K S dot com. Hit me up, email me with any questions. Law at tokoworks dot com. All right, and we're back. Back um, into it. That that's the thing, like. Uh, but here, here's here's the big thing I was trying to get to is I like doing this podcast. I like doing it a lot because it is the conversations Caleb and I were having over and over. Uh, ben and I have the, these conversations just because we're interested in this kind of world. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people can listen to this, but th it takes – you've got to have a little bit of grit or a little bit of oomph to go, okay, I'm going to take this idea – because a lot, of, I, f I get a lot of stoner ideas, is what yeah. I call it. Everybody yeah. has great ideas, but 
to be able to execute. There's barriers to entry and everything. And of course, you need to have the education and ability to be able to execute on your idea. But then the effort, the grit, the hard work. Everything. How many how many people give you an app idea and you're like, does it exist? Ten I don't know. <laughs> ten like, ten did, ideas a did day. Did you just did you even go through the iTunes store to see if this thing exists? Yeah. And they're like, that's not even step one. That's that's, yeah. that's a preliminary to step one. That's right. before you start talking to me about it. Yeah, it's before you open your mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. You do a that's like, great point. I'm like, I think that kind of exists. And they're like, oh really? And I'm like, well, oh okay. If I, if I know it exists, it's not good. That's not a good start. Because I'm not, I'm in the app game, but I'm not, I'm not like well versed. I'm not like, uh, there's fucking millions of apps now and you can't. Well, and that kind of, it's kind of something you touched on a, a little earlier. You being law, my fingers pointing at law. Uh-huh. Um, for those of you watching on our webcast that doesn't exist. Oh, thanks um, for setting that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks good. Yeah. So, uh, so it was one of the things where there may be, uh, a company out there that's already doing something that you want to do, uh, for instance, you know, law law alluded way earlier um, to, you know, to this, but he kind of went back around to it when he talked about Spark. Yeah. You know, we let's be honest, we do essentially the same thing as Spark. They might do it on a little um, larger scale as far as clients go right now, um, and that's great. But y- that doesn't that didn't hinder law from starting Toko Works. Um, and you have to kind of have the mindset just because there's already someone out there doing it doesn't mean you like. W- Hey, if you get scared when you see another company that's already out there doing something you want to do, you shouldn't you shouldn't venture out any further. No. It, that should motivate you to say, all right, I'm going to find out what their flaws are right. and what I can do better, whether Absolutely. that be my marketing and branding, whether that be the services we provide, whether that be providing a, a, a totally different service or just adding a different, you know, kind of aspect to your to your business. Um and I, I just think that's such a, a powerful thing when people are like, oh, man, yeah, that already exists. And, and you can see them kind of giving up or deflating and kind of, whether it's their speech or their, you know, their right. body language or whatever it is. If you if you're beat at that point, you're you're done. Yeah. Get 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 out now. We, we've we've uh, that, that should. And my point is that should motivate that should motivate you. We've invested in an app called Questly and it's uh, it's a good idea. It's uh, you get. It's basically an RPG game for your life. For real life. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really cool. I've, I've checked it out. It's yeah. a cool idea. Josh, um, uh, my partner, my business, my, I have to say business partner because some people think I'm gay. Uh, but my partner. Which is okay. It's a, uh, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, yeah. that's cool. But my wife is like, business partner, Josh. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> gotcha, he, gotcha. He made a, a great 135-page brand book. We didn't know. We're, we're taking that's one of the risks we're taking because mm-hmm. we spent a lot of hours into it we also but even in that kind of like hey they're not off the ground yet now we have that collateral yeah. to always show someone hey if you need an app branded here's what it's going to look like uh and th- at the same time it's like there's already kind of three different apps that are similar but right. none of them have taken off because they haven't they haven't figured out how to get businesses involved mm-hmm. how to bring in uh how to monetize it correctly. Yeah. And I go, I, I thought I, it was genius. I came up with it, but it's really just from playing Halo in right. college. <laughs> Why don't you give a point system like a video game mm-hmm. to the people in your, in, in your local area? Yeah. So the idea of Questly was like, you'd get points for like, all right. Steal that Ferrari. Yeah, go yeah. steal that Ferrari. Better, better be a lot of points. Well, yeah. the, the altruistic, the, the genesis of it was like altruistic. So let's say you, mm-hmm. uh, you've got... You, you're a single mom and like, hey, I'll I'll challenge someone to, um, you know, fix this uh, street light or something like that. This 
or fix my lighting or something. Yeah, there you go. Fix the curb, something like that, something simple. Right. Uh, something the city should do. Something the city should do, <laughs> but, well, <laughs> I'm maybe I'm too libertarian. I don't think they're going <laughs> to do any of that shit. But, uh, I'm I, with you. But I, it, you're, you're challenging the neighborhood to do something better. Or right. help find this cat. Mm-hmm. Help us find this cat. That we'll put an APB out. Uh, and so you get points if you accepted it and then if you actually uh if you actually got the cat or whatever whatever mission was and then it started to be like oh we could do this with small businesses say you're a bar all right you have to take a picture inside this bar post it on questly and then we'll we'll you'll get points back but you'll also get a discount at the bar exactly and it it brings people to that bar Mm -hmm. as part of the game well life is a game if you look at it like zelda or something it's like all right i'm going around town and I'm Got trying to do shit and just I want to get points for it. And well, and that's and that's the part that I think maybe these other companies just from, you know, from having looked into it, you know, and talking with Law and Josh and uh, the part that other people may have failed at is finding a way to take it from the app and from the game and to finding a real life benefit. I don't play Candy Crush just so I don't play Candy Crush, period. But it's like if you could take your Candy Crush points and turn them into drinks at the bar. There'd be a lot of really rich moms out there who just sit up all night and just play Candy Crush because they can't sleep. Amazon gift card or yeah, you know, it's just like that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're you're incentivizing actions that cu- that businesses would want their customers oh, to perform. Shit, you know, remember when we used to do I win or I won? Remember that uh, the the gaming site that gave you points? We got like VCRs in high school and shit. Do you remember that with remember Moser? That. You don't remember that site? I don't think so. You could pl- it w- that was a different Benjamin. No, 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 no. No, I think it was a different guy. No, you did it too. It was like we were like ninth grade. It was uh, it was called I Win or I Won, and then they got bought out by like Yahoo or something. Maybe. But it was like you played games, you got points, <laughs> and then they were like you can choose from these amount, but there was a way to game the system, game the gaming system. Right. It was really interesting. Take advantage of it. All right, mm. I'll look that up. Okay. I Win or I Won. Yeah, what I was going to say a couple minutes ago um, – a really good piece of advice I got when I was when I was younger was um, if you have something that you want to do, a business you want to start, or something you want to do to make money, go try to find four to five other people doing it. If you want to work for them for, for a couple months, do that. Or just research them and investigate them. But just figure out the things they're not doing well and figure out the things that they're doing really well. You improve the things they're not doing well and you take advantage of things that they are doing well. But what Caleb was saying earlier, there's, I mean, how many ideas are there out there that nobody's doing yet? It's right. very hard to come across a n- new concept. And even if it is an amazing new concept, it's still going to cost a lot of money to educate the marketplace mm-hmm. about that new concept. So I've always thought that the best way to make money is to take pre-existing services or pre-existing products and make incremental improvements. Yeah. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Try to make something that's going to provide a little bit of value on top of what's already there, what people are already using. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to be afraid of existing businesses or existing services. Study them, research them, and figure out how you can improve upon them because there's plenty to go around. It's like the flashlight. Follow me. All Uh, right. Masturbation's been around for a long time. Flashlight's the only product I'm I'm even aware of in that space. No, no, no. The first product is your hand. That's, that's original. I don't that's know the that original. That's not a. Pr- that's not a product. To follow me. Follow me. It's not a. Pr- that's, that's not the, a product. That's follow me. Unless that's you're an amputee. I'm following you, that's but I'm just product. saying. That's the product. Okay. That's the original. <laughs> okay. But it's working. It works. I've been trying to work this bit Decently out on well. 
yeah, well, sometimes you got to go lefty if you're a righty normally. You know, switch sometimes. it up. David Justice so style. Be a switch hitter. <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to call my hand David Justice. I, I call it the Just hand of go. justice, though. Justice isn't a bad name. <laughs> I beat it because it's the hand of justice. So here's what I'm saying is like, if that's a product, it already works. It's worked for thousands of literally thousands of years. Yes. Fleshlight comes along and they go, hey, we can improve this. We can improve masturbating. And now every comedian I know owns one. So <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's so weird. But uh, but I'm saying like that it, they didn't re they didn't go, hey, we're going to think of a new way to get your jollies off. Right. They basically go, hey, we can do this a little bit better. Well, and think, I mean, all right, let's take it around and maybe something. I've, I've never used a fleshlight. I Look, don't, I I don't plan on doing it. I'm not knocking you if you do. I some comedy but, in here. Like, but no, like absolutely. You, you guys are like burned out. Or tired. <laughs> no, no. I'm trying to interject some jokes to make people <laughs> entertained by this. We're, we're, we're just hitting them, we're just hitting them with straight talk. But th I think, I mean, let's take it to something we've all probably used. Uh, Uber. I mean, if you haven't taken Uber by now, you just just do it just to just to try it. I, I think it's great. For my nine to five the other day, I Ubered to, to two different places, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I it was I was able to multitask and do much things. But you know, with Uber, what did they do? They just capitalized on what the taxis couldn't provide, and that's a a non sketchy way to get around that you didn't feel Efficient like communication platform. Yeah, the, the the you didn't feel like you're getting cheated by the taxi drivers. You didn't you felt safe. Hey, buddy, no you know, no credit card yeah. machine doesn't work. I, no 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 lie. I went into a taxi one time and uh, I had a ride that ended up being twenty one dollars. I paid with my card. The guy tried to he had to like punch it in his little you know card swiping system. Mm -hmm. He, it wouldn't have gone through. Bear, he tried. Phone? He tried to charge me twenty one thousand dollars, <laughs> and he's like, "It's declining. It's declining." I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know what? Like, I don't have twenty one. Sorry, right now, <laughs> you see where you're dropping me off right now? Like, you I, think I have twenty one grand? Oh, you don't have twenty one? No, in your account? No, sorry. <laughs> I used to hate it. You'd call them at like three in the morning. You'd be like, "Oh, I need a cab." They'd be like. Two to twenty-five minutes. You're like, what? Yeah, twenty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, two or so I gotta wait outside for thirty. And they're minutes. like, I mean, yeah, gonna be here. And yeah. then it's an hour because they're like, I don't know where you are. Well, but, five, it, but it's five, like, two, what are you? Minutes. What are you doing that it's gonna take that? Like, they're not. Do, they're just lined up everywhere, not doing anything. And they're on the fucking phone the whole oh, time. Yeah, Who, it's terrible. I think they were talking to the Seven Eleven guys. That was my theory because <laughs> the the both of them would be on the phone all the time. Yeah, the actual. Our racist listeners are at an all-time high. The phones are blowing <laughs> up. Fuck, they love it. Look, fuck, <laughs> fuck your PC worriedness. Uh, yeah. Fuck your white guy guilt. Look, this is just shit. <laughs> white I, guy guilt. Yes, you do. This is just <laughs> shit. I noticed. Like white guy guilt's not a real thing. If it is a real thing, then you need you need to figure shit out yourself. Oh, like, white guy guilt. Oh, are you serious? Have you not? Have you not? I seen don't the have New York it. Times where it's like being a white male is the biggest privilege ever and shit like that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so much privilege. We're doing this on a fucking privilege. picnic table <laughs> podcast. No, I just fucking, I sat around and figured out how to do a podcast and do stand up and all this shit. So no one goes, here you go. Here's the gifts of doing this. You just, I fucking ate it for 10 years and then I had a fuck. All right. Law's, all right. Law doesn't want to be white I'm anymore. Law doesn't want to be white anymore. What I was getting at uh, was talking about Uber. Um, is that Uber came along, they found a need, they fulfilled that need. That's what, obviously, the majority of businesses do. It's what we talk about a lot on this podcast. They filled uh, in but the gaps. They made the incremental improvements on the, a flawed business right. model. And, and how many people do you think went around when Uber was trying to do first round of VC funding? How many people do you think turned down Uber? 
I would say the vast majority. Wasn't there a big? There was a one big investor that said no. Uh, oh, it was uh, Dudu owns Fubu, I think. Well, a lot of people that that guy turns down everything. If you watch Shark Tank, I don't know why yeah, that guy's on David. the show. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know. He got lucky with Fubu, and yeah. nothing else is really. I'm worked. like, you put four his letters clothes, on a shirt, and you're were a, terrible, and you're They're a mogul. Well, yeah. I, I was more of a lugs guy, but yeah, <laughs> I totally get it. I mean, I can see how people would be a little bit afraid of investing in. A technology like Uber. I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. I would have loved the opportunity to invest in it, but you also have to think. I mean, how many people are somehow connected to the taxi industry, whether yeah. it's a, a local city. local government or yeah. whether it's an entrepreneur that has some type of investment? Right. There's it's a it's an industry that needed to be protected. They're still fighting tooth and nail to protect it. Right. Um, the only people that are benefiting are the the stakeholders in the taxi industry. Um, it's obvious that that Uber provides a lot more value. Than a taxi service to to the common consumer. I love um, the slam campaigns. So in, and and oh, here I, I have a I'm very passionate about uh, about have providing value to the co- to consumers. I mean that's that's the whole purpose of a business well, to provide value. So don't don't protect a co- don't protect an industry that is not providing as much value. More specifically, if you are against Uber as a city, you are for DUIs, and that that's yeah. my thing. Like. Don't fucking do this mm-hmm. under the guise of safety because there is no. it, it's like a seesaw. The yep. more Ubers it's out sad. there, the less DUIs will happen. It's sad. And the better the better that spreads, the yeah. better fucking DUIs are insane, but they're revenue generators as well. So you have to look at the incentives on the other side. Same with like speeding tickets. It's under the guy are you guys both looking at your phone? What the you policy think I'm gonna do like should a five be, minute rant? The or policy makers should <laughs> feel ashamed you. of themselves, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Totally ashamed of themselves for being so obviously crooked and and only doing it for monetary purposes and and the fact that they're doing it are doing it under the guise of safety is terrible so uh, well we don't need to do any more partially questions but <laughs> since you no seriously but you're in the tech but we're world, glad you're here though you're in the tech world so it's good to kind of have a guest in that we can kind of get your beat on like do you think that transparency effort's going to get a lot better increment like compoundingly better or because it's like moore's law like technology goes at an exponential rate right can we keep up with that or is there going to be more roadblocks do you think like shit like this will be more transparent five years from now um i feel like there's a lot and you know this too well, certainly the, the point of software is to simplify things and i'd say transparency is a byproduct of, of simplification and um however i do feel that there will be legislative and and other things yeah. that will prevent transparency and, and some of that value that could potentially occur with software from coming coming to the front how about um, all right how just about this slow purposely slowed growth um, now of course if a lot of those barriers weren't there technology and software would be increasing at a much much faster rate um, I do think transparency though is a huge component in the development of software it, cu- customers want to know what's going on people want to see exactly what's going on at the top as well as the bottom yep I, Nobody feels good working with a company that they don't know what's going on. Well, and that that's been our a little bit of our branding is that into a, a fault. Uh, my biz partner Josh hates it, but I am. I want us to be transparent about what costs what, what we're really thinking as much mm-hmm. as I can be. Right. Uh, there is a little bit of a dance when you're working with anybody, but um, I, I think that it comes from more of a comedian standpoint, and as a musician, it's probably the same thing where you're like. Uh, if I'm doing my lyrics, I'm not. I wanted. Uh, I'm not writing about something I didn't experience, kind right. of thing. Um, and so, 
and then some asshole will go, well, you know who's got the most lobbyists is Google and Facebook. And I'm like, good. They seem to have a consciousness yeah. that like is well beyond the oil companies. <laughs> and oh they seem gosh. to be very transparent about their intentions of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, Google wants to do driverless cars. That's fine. They, they do a press release 10 years before they even have to. You know, shit like that. I think people are scared of Google and Facebook just because of the mass amount of data collection and the, the incredible power and value that that data has. I mean, how valuable I is talked the about data that, that Google collects? I mean, it's worth trillions of dollars. It's well, insane how much mm-hmm. money. I talked but about this last night. How reliable is that data? I mean, it's, it's extremely it's reliable. Extremely reliable in comparison to other data. So I don't know how reliable everything is. Because what if someone got your, uh, what if someone used your phone or laptop and they're fucking around on that? Right. So it's not a hundred. It's not a hundred percent. There's a small margin of error. I'm, I'm sure with with everything. I think it's bigger than normal. Well, that's you know using using software services. That's one of the number one benefits, particularly as it relates to marketing, because right. everything is is perfectly measurable. Not perfectly, but everything is very measurable compared to, you know, e- existing marketing platforms like a billboard you know you can't measure impressions really only it's only expected impressions yeah that's uh, billboards uh, you, they're, they're a necessity if you're a big brand but uh, like a cbs show or something right. like that big bang theory whatever you gotta have but like uh, i mean we come from the online marketing world growing up in the aol 90s era where it's like <laughs> you got any gifs you got any gifs? Uh, gifs. Yeah. You got any gifs? Gifs? Whatever they're called. I had a couple of those. Uh, but I feel like it's measurable. The core, the the R squared's a lot higher for reliability. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think like I think the transparency effort. Uh, what do you think about anonymous? I, I think it's oh, I love what they're doing. That's that's yeah. great. I, I appreciate that. But <coughs> I think it's a little bit of a slippery slope because. Who knows when one of those anonymous members is going to have some personal campaign against a company or a personal campaign against an issue that might not necessarily be like an Trump? issue. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, that's fine that they have an issue with Trump. However, but there's a lot of people that like Trump. They actually probably like you know? Trump because he doesn't give a shit about regulating the Internet. So, right. Uh, well, well that, and that's uh, that's kind of like that was the first thing that popped into my head when, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about what happens if they get, you know, get your computer or get into your you know, all your stuff. Well, nothing is a hundred percent these days. No, absolutely. Nothing's a hundred percent. So, no. you know, yeah. What um, you were saying earlier about, uh, I guess the ethical nature of Facebook and Google and how they have a lot of lobbyists. Um, I would totally agree with you in, in the sense that they, they do seem to be doing all the right things. You know, they are definitely consumer advocates more so than a lot of other companies. It's, it's refreshing to see companies as large as that. Yeah. And I like that you compared them to oil companies because, yeah, it's totally two totally separate industries. However, they're they're probably similar in their political influence and their ability to influence the overall economy. Right. Um, I'd rather them I than the Koch see, brothers, though. Yeah, I don't. The, yeah, I don't see any of those oil companies being consumer advocates. I see them being just pocket stuffers. Right, because they they can hide behind a brand. There's no one person I can. I was trying to write a bit about why we give a shit so much about the president and not the other branches of government. It's you all right? Hey, it's because we can hate on one. Yeah, he's easy, it's we easy to blame. On one, we can get all our anger about America and go, fucking Obama. I hate Obama. Oh, goddamn <laughs> Obama. Even though, like, statistically, he might have done better than people realize. Right. Uh, yeah. But he played way more golf, so people are pissed, all that shit. But, like, um, with 
Exxon Mobil, I don't know. I don't know who runs that shit. No, uh, I, I know I the Koch brothers have some influence with them. Uh, they probably have a lot of investment in that. But I, you can't. Yeah, the, it's it's just the face that everybody it's put. Th- it's an association, and everyone wants to look to one person to point blame to, and that's and they just do it with whoever's most associated. Right. I went on stage and I go, uh, someone could tell me who are um, who's in the Senate for Florida, anybody, and no one could do Marco it. I was, Rubio. Like, I was like, you just fucking made my point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no one could because he doesn't show up. And that's the only reason I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're we're getting right into that sweet spot. Anything else you want Diverging into politics. Well, that's how we do, man. We get on Tangent Highway. <laughs> and I'm the driver. Um, what? Anything else you want to talk about partially, put it out there? Any small businesses that are listening? Yeah, I would just, I would say, you know, if, if you're a business that has a relatively expensive product or service that might be a barrier to entry for a lot of your customers, think about offering a payment plan option to your customers. And I think that a lot of businesses will notice that they'll they'll experience an increase in sales because now you'll have a larger percentage of your potential customers that can now afford access to your product or service. So it's it's definitely conducive to, to larger ticket items. Luxury items work perfectly for it. Um, well, let, let's do this. Let's have you back in like three months. Okay. And we'll get an update. Yeah. That'd uh, be fantastic. We'll get like a late Q1 update and uh, – See all about the premium part mm-hmm. because that that's a big thing. You're taking it to another level. You right. guys have had great what? success in three months. We have, and I'm I'm very excited actually with how everything's going. I've, it's definitely exceeded my expectations, and I'd I'd love to be back in three months. Um, you know, Toco Works has definitely helped me out so far where where we are. They're they've got some things they're going to be launching soon that I'm really Woo-woo. excited about. But <coughs> I uh, I want to thank Toco Works for sure for helping us out. Yeah, man. Of course, that's the w- we want to have that transparency. We're, we're going to help our friends that want to actually do something too. That's the other part, you know. Yeah. Uh, borrowing that Google twenty percent rule, it's not just for us internally, but it's also, all right. We want to help our buddies out. We hope it comes back to us. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, we didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I know been a lot better. You're, you know, in my wedding kind of thing. <laughs> but it's definitely, it's definitely a little bit different where it's like, you know, don't. We're going to give some effort over and beyond uh and not talking about just your stuff which we haven't even like i feel like we got a lot ahead of us but uh, you know you try to go out of your way to help anybody that really wants to do something mm-hmm. and you hope it comes back almost uh, karmically <coughs> karmically karmically mm-hmm. Karm- mm-hmm. all right well it's, uh, gr- it's great it's when you have friends that are that are trying to do th- stuff with their lives, trying to move forward and trying to well, start something unique and new, you know. And it's contagious. You I get would fired fu- up. You know? I would fully support all my friends becoming entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you have a passion and a drive, I definitely think you should try to do something on your own rather than just work for the man, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Right. I, I support Caleb's uh, competitive eating career that he wants <laughs> to do. I mean, he's really working on it. I'm, I'm trying to be a, uh, a large male model for small shirts. That's okay. what I'm trying well, to do. Plus Get in a model. Dove commercial or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's the hope, the dream. The All goal. right. I think we got to end it on that for uh, Ben Schmidt, partially sh- for uh, Caleb. I'm Law. Toko Works. Goodbye. <laughs>